right, welcome to my podcast. This is Michael, and you're listening to Mike's Thoughts. I'm joined with my good friend, Jalen Baker. I've known Jalen since forever. I've known him since high school. We both went to HSPVA, and now it's called the Kinder HSPVA. He graduated in 2013, and I graduated in 2012. Uh, so we overlapped quite a bit. Um, welcome, welcome, Jalen. Thank you for having me. Excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. This is my first ever podcast, and I'm so excited to have you as my my uh, first guest. It's really Bro, cool. No. Yeah. So talk to me. What's been going on? What you been doing? Eh, not much. I mean, what is what is a lot behind this? I don't know. I've just moved back to Houston, so that's yeah. nice. I've been away. I was in Chicago for four years, and then Tallahassee, Florida for two years, and I just moved back to Houston. Yeah, and so, where, where, uh, what school in Chicago were you going to? Columbia College, Columbia. Chicago. Yes. And then when you're in Florida, you went to Florida State University, the Florida State University, the Florida State. University. I've been to Tallahassee. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's terrible. Don't ever go. Don't go back. <laughs> it's it's just like this random, uh, like super woody place of, of Florida. Yes. Yeah. I won't. I'm gonna cut myself off. <laughs> yeah. Why do you feel so strongly about it? Oh, I mean, I love the school. It's just like Tallahassee might as well be Southern Alabama or Southern Mississippi. Yeah. Or southern Georgia, which aren't great places for black people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the school was great. I loved it. Yeah. And uh, you still do gigs up in Tallahassee, right? Occasionally, actually. I have one coming up in March at B-Sharp's Jazz Club. That was That's very recent. Uh, yeah. Recently booked. So I passed through there quite a bit going to actual places in America. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a nice... <laughs> It's a nice little, uh, I guess it's the capital of Florida for a reason. It's like four hours from Atlanta, four hours from Savannah, two hours from Jacksonville, four hours from Orlando. So it's five hours from New Orleans. So it's like right in the middle of some major cities. Yeah. So it's a nice stopping place. Yeah. I didn't actually realize it was like in the middle of all those places. Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered why it's the capital. And I was like, okay. That's probably why. That's probably why. Yes. Yeah. Do a lot of alums play at B-Sharp? Um, used to. Yeah. That club is kind of in a weird state where they closed for a little while, and now they're trying to, like, reopen. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, jazz clubs aren't the biggest money makers, depending on where they're at. So, I think they're right. having some financial issues, but they're trying to get it back up and running. But they always have, uh, every now and again, they have some really some really uh good acts they always have really good acts but they have some really big name uh people come in every once in a while mm-hmm. like i think this bass player rodney whitaker is playing there in february he's like a legend played with like winter marsalis and Woo. a bunch of other people he's the head of the program jazz program at michigan state so they they they, they draw some names every once in a while yeah that's crazy yeah what what's the turnout at b sharps what is that scene like there there i mean you get a lot of students yeah. Uh, that's who usually come and see it because there's not a ton of music in Tallahassee. So when somebody does come into mm-hmm. town, that's like the place that you would go to check them out. And there's just 
not any places to go check out music. So B Sharps was one of the few places. Right. Right, right, right. Very cool. And um, so recently you told me that you were announced to be and you are a Marimba One artist, right? Oh, yeah. Talk to me about that. That's super cool. It was actually a dream of mine to have a sponsorship endorsement or whatever. Yeah. Um, So it's like it's just some added support to my career uh, with a nice instrument or equipment mallets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're super nice. It's a smaller company um, compared to like um, a Yamaha, right? Um, but they're to me, Marimba One has they make the best. There's no debate. They make the best marimbas in the world by a, yeah. a pretty sizable margin. And anybody who says otherwise is probably sponsored by another company (laughs) um but most people objectively would say marimba one has the most beautiful marimbas so like when i was trying to find a company that would take me um i talked to a couple people and they said that marimba one just created a vibraphone like maybe three years ago so the instrument that i have the the it just came out a Mm -hmm. few years ago so i was like okay well it's a little bit harder to work with wood. So yeah. I'd be surprised if they mess up a vibraphone. <laughs> right. And it turns out that the vibraphone is incredible. I love it. It's one of my favorite brands, obviously. Yeah. Um, so they're, they treat me really well. They're all super nice. They're easy to get in contact with. Um, send me stuff every now and again. Yeah, I've seen your um, your case and just like the trolley. It just seems like a really yes. easy way to transport your instrument, right? Yes. It is the it is the most is by far the most efficient way. Like I used to have to carry uh, my vibraphone in piece by piece. Granted, my old one is not nearly as big, but it still would be like three trips to the car. Yeah. Now oh, I remember. <laughs> now, I remember. <laughs> now I could kind of get everything in, assuming I don't really have to go upstairs. Yeah. Which in Houston, nothing's really raised. Yeah. Which is probably a like a flaw in our infrastructure but uh (laughs) (laughs) but like i usually could just roll straight through a door um and you know i i always tell people everyone is always like man this must be like such a pain i'm like to be honest i get set up a lot faster than drummers yeah really consistently it used to be a pain for you right because before the sponsorship it just took it took you at least like twenty to thirty minutes just to even like. I wouldn't say that long. I mean, I got good at it. Yeah, but well, you were efficient. Yeah, it but... would it would it it would be a little bit more walking than I than I. Yeah, well, liked. the transportation part was, I think, the hardest part for you, right? Uh, it that vibraphone, my old one was smaller, mm-hmm. so I could actually like when I was in Chicago, I had a small car, like like a small sedan. Yeah, and um, it all like all of it fit in the trunk, which is funny. Because that would never occur yeah. ever again in my life where a vibraphone will fit in someone's trunk, like, horizontally. And you have a Kia, too. So, yeah. like a Kia Soul. Yeah, I mean, that one fits in. That one in that box over there fits in real easy. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the... Uh, if I Let's say this. If I had... If my old vibes were the standard, si- the standard size vibraphone, it would be very difficult 
to uh to get it from place to place right without the cases that i have now yeah 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 like that one is made to travel so it was like it was convenient yeah and it was light so i could like i could toss it up in the air if i really wanted to right but if i had like i would use my school's vibe in chicago every once in a while for gigs and that was would be the worst because <laughs> that specific vibraphone came apart into like 10 pieces um, had a bunch of screws that you had to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marimba One's Virophone is three pieces. All the screws are, I don't know what you call it. There's a word for it, but they're all, you don't take them out. You oh, just okay. loosen and tighten them. Right. So they, they, they live in the instrument. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, there's not, no small parts you have to keep up with. Uh, the motor's magnetic, so the band doesn't have to come out. That probably means nothing to anybody who doesn't play the instrument. Yeah. But for those who do, could you could you explain to me? <laughs> so yeah, like I don't know what that so means. So <laughs> the motor to to turn the fans, the vibraphone has a vibrato, which yeah. because of the or a tremolo rather because of the the fans. Um, so there's a belt that turns both fans. So it used to be the belt and the motor worked independently of each other. So in order to take the vibraphone apart, you would have to, to get the resonators out of where they're nesting, you would have to take the band off before you could pull anything up. Mm-hmm. But now, since on Marimba 1s, the, it would be easier to show you, but I'll explain it the best I can. The, um, the resonators and the motor are completely detached from each other. And the thing that actually turns them is a magnet. So the belt doesn't actually touch the resonators at all. So it never has to come out. And I'll show you one day. And that will make so much more yeah. sense. Because I could, I could actually compare it to my old one where the belt is on the resonator. So like I couldn't actually move the resonators without taking off like a rubber band. And then you okay. have to keep up with this strap, this rubber band or whatever. And I have lost many of those because, you know. <laughs> it's you, hard to keep track of. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one's vibe, the one vibe is really high tech. Yeah. For compared to what else is on the market currently. Yeah, so how how did you score that sponsorship with them? Because, I mean, obviously it takes a lot of research to find what kind of company you want to work with. Mm-hmm. But then what is, the, what is the process? Do you even know the process for them picking out their artists? I think for anybody, it's like who's visible and first off, can they play Mm -hmm. if it's a performance-based, like, endorsement? Um, I always tell, people ask me that all the time, uh, and I always tell people, like, there's a, there's beauty in being able to, like, send a well-crafted email. (laughs) You know, that should probably be a class in music school, because most of what you, the most of how you communicate with people is via email. Mm -hmm. Um just terribly inefficient uh but that's how that's how things are so funny enough um my my me and my mom send a ton of emails and she actually against my will and i told her not to do it she like i don't even know what she sent them initially i think she might have just sent them a question but then they followed up with me like immediately and i was like i have no idea what these people are talking about yeah. and i was like well let me send them my press kit or whatever which is you know has like your bio pictures uh 
recordings. So, well, ba- basically what happened is um, my mom, I guess, asked them a question about, like, where their application is to apply, and they didn't have one. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think they did. I didn't have to fill out one. Right. But, um, so yeah. it's more like you had to just reach out to them. Yeah, guys. exactly. Yeah. And then the owner, because it's a small company, he emailed me back directly saying that, I don't know what, <laughs> it was really funny. It was like, it's like, only like one sentence of your email showed up. Could you, <laughs> it was like, could you resend? How does that happen? I don't know. Because I think my mom typed, you know how some websites have like the box mm-hmm. that you can type in and it'll like. Yeah, I yeah. hate yeah, that yeah. system. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sketchy. Like you never yeah. know if it You actually... never know. And then what if you accidentally like, I don't know, misspell your email. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, and there's no record of it being sent even in your own personal mm-hmm. email. Right. So something happened, I guess, from that, in that uh, transaction, I guess. So then um, I sent him, you know, I told him, I was like, oh, I love you guys as uh, marimbas, yada, yada, yada. Uh, um, I would love to work with you guys, you know, on a professional level, i.e. Uh, like with it, as an endorser or a spon- uh, um, being sponsored by them. So I sent them, like, a bunch of clips of me playing, a bunch of videos. Everybody should have, all musicians should have a lot of videos of them playing. Oh, yeah. You know, just everything doesn't have to be dope, but you just kind of want to get in the habit of recording yourself often just mm-hmm. to have stuff on file. And um, he pretty much, like, emailed me back maybe the same day, next day. He was like, man, we would love to have you. You sound... Uh, Sounds so good, yada yada yada. He's real nice, Ron yeah. Samuels. Shout out to Ron. <laughs> uh, and you know, it just kind of went from there. And then we kind of had to do some negotiating in terms of how to get me an instrument, right? At the time, because obviously I need one of their instruments. Yeah, of course. And if you're if you're sponsored by them, you yes. have to show off the product. Exactly. Yeah. So and, you know, they gave me the rundown, like what they kind of expect from me, and they're really. They're really chill about things. I think I do a pretty decent job of uh, throwing their product in everybody's face. Like, I yeah. try to use it every chance I get. I, honestly, at this point, I don't really like playing on too many other vibraphones. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it works out. Yeah. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. like, fairly visible just because I'm taking social media a little bit more seriously nowadays. Right. Well, so, it sounds like you got a good fit, right? Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's, it's great and... You know, who's to say it couldn't have been a good fit somewhere else, but I'm happy with the decision. Yeah. Like, literally, no regrets. It's probably one of the better decisions I've made. And You could thank your mom, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. She, uh, I, I mean, I was going to do it, but, like, she's always, she's retired. Yeah. So, she has nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, she's just bored. She just... <laughs> pretty much. Like, she tries to do all of me and my sister's... Uh, but that's kind of a crazy feat for, you know, someone to just be like, I'm going to get, I'm going to try and help my son get this uh, sponsorship. Yeah, you know? I mean, be nice, to your, happen. be nice to your parents. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm nice to mine, but she doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's just, uh, honestly, I think she just wants to see some return on her investment. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's so real. Because yeah. my mom's, my mom's totally about that right now because mm-hmm. I'm in the midst of this uh, grad school audition grind mm-hmm. and she's just like I need to see you get into school I need to see you you know get into these things and if you don't like then what what have I been doing yeah. you know um, but sometimes it's not really the case you know mm-hmm. like, so it's your own path and it's just 
Sometimes it just takes a while, right? Oh, man. It totally when I, does. When I tell you, like, I always, I always tell, um, it's hard to take my own advice sometimes, but when I was at FSU, I was a TA, or I, since I was a grad student, I was a grad assistant, so a GA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's obviously a ton of undergrads or whatever that I'm constantly surrounded by, in some cases working with mm-hmm. as a slight superior. Slight. Yeah. Um, but I would always tell them, because they would all be, you know, super eager to do a bunch of stuff, but a lot of things that you go after, you don't necessarily succeed at, uh, disappointingly enough. But that's just, right. that's, that's how it goes. And I would tell them, I was like, man, like, especially where I was, I was doing really well when I was at FSU, because I was doing a little bit of touring, and I was out and about. And I would always tell them, like, you know, that to some extent is a facade in the sense of, I send a lot of emails, I send out a lot of stuff, and I get responses from probably about 2% of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, you know, that's irritating, It's yeah. but, you know, when you get that one, res- when you get that one reply, it kind of makes you forget about all the rejections, or, you know, it's even worse than a rejection, is not even getting a rejection. Oh, <laughs> dude, you're telling me, man, but, but it... But you're right. It just takes that one email, right? Yeah. Just be like, oh, we're super interested in you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come and audition for us live and mm-hmm. let's just hear you just do your thing, you know? Yeah. That means a, it means the world. Because, like, you can send, like, a thousand emails and maybe you'll hear back from, like, five of them. Yeah. You know? So, that, that that's how it goes. Like, even with the endorsement stuff, like, Marimba One was not the only company that I uh, reached out to. Not that I was I'm gonna, sure. I, yeah. Not that I was just going to take whatever was offered. But I definitely had my list of companies that I uh, thought highly of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marimba One was the one that got back to me the quickest and kind of approached me in, pro- honestly, the most humble way. Um, there was a, another company, the one that was uh, real top, to, uh, close to the top, that... You know, I reached out to, and a couple other people reached out on my behalf, and it took them, like, three months to get back to me, and three months has passed. I've already agreed to mm-hmm. be with Marimba One, and I was like, you know, to me, that's like, that's, I'm grateful that, because they, they were very interested, and I don't know why it took so long, who knows, the email might have got lost in the... The whatever, yeah. but I'm yeah. not gonna speculate. Ether. Yeah, but yeah. like you know, after three months, it's like I've I've, I've moved on, and yeah. uh, something else uh, presented itself. Mm-hmm. But you know, all these gigs nowadays that I try to book, um, there are a lot of people who just don't respond, and I will just keep sending them emails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I will just bombard their inboxes. Like they will They'll see it eventually. They, they probably yeah. saw it the first time, but like. <laughs> fact of the matter is like at least tell me no that, that's yeah. that's my thing i respect people who uh who tell me no and i get like some some places can't respond to everyone but also at the same time yes they can they, dude that's like they're choosing that's not to. that's you could totally relate that to dating right <laughs> or oh, like with yeah. tinder right yeah you could just like you can have like this conversation and then one day they just don't respond and then they just like ghost you yeah you know and it's um it's kind of an arrogant type of uh uh, approach to interacting with humans right is like you mm-hmm. kind of need to give people the closure that they deserve is like 
you know, obviously if I thought enough of you to even reach out to you on anything, you know, whether it's dating or business, you should uh, respect that enough to give me your honest answer. Totally. You know, yeah. and instead like, of just like, just not saying just like, no, I never existed in the first place. Yeah. You know, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. That, that's, I mean, that's the world we live in though, but I guess. You shouldn't yeah. be too disappointed about assuming you. Ass- I I think it's because like there are a lot of choices, right? Because there's because we have this technology where we can just uh, reach out so quickly and so easily. Um, there's just like a vast amount of choices that we can make, and sometimes we're just holding out for like a better choice. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I was about that, to say. I think that's what happens most of the time, right? You know, they're waiting for. I have one. One place um, tell me pretty much like they were super, in- it seemed as though they were super interested, really nice uh, uh, club, and they they were asking about the fee and what the performance was and like preferred dates. It almost never gets that far if they don't want you. Just disclaimer, yeah. like nobody gets, gets to dates, like when are you available if they don't really want to have you. So I sent all these dates and, and pretty much I sent like some specific dates, but then I was like, but I can do any time pretty yeah. much like these would be the preferred ones just because that's what you're asking. But I could literally make anything you give me work. And so we get to that point and then they like ghost me for like two or three weeks. So then I follow up like I sent I pretty much kind of blow them up like two more emails like, hey, uh what's going on with this and then they emailed me back and they were like the dates that you sent are taken um um something like reach out again uh if you have this and that if you have like a tour going on mm-hmm. and we'll keep your information on file and i was like well i said i can yeah anytime like what dates yeah. if those dates are taken what dates do you have available because you sent them a whole bunch yes yeah. so basically what they did was in those three weeks that they weren't talking to me they were probably exploring all their options understandably so and that's fine but my thing was like at least let me know because i feel like if i hadn't uh kind of pestered them i wouldn't have got it would have just ended in out like a with no sort of closure or anything. Yeah. And it's cool because it's, you know, it's whatever. It's nice to have even gotten that far. But it would have been nice if instead of uh, them saying that those dates were unavailable, they told me which ones were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's nobody like wants no to do that because yeah. they want to play. They want to play the field. And everything, you shouldn't take, I say this to say, you shouldn't take anything too personally because it, in... The music world, this is a business, so they have to make money. Yeah. Um, if you get too personally invested in it, it's yeah, you can't mess just you like. Up. Of course, like you know, I, 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 I'm very loyal to people who give me opportunities, and I think some businesses should be a little bit more willing to uh, right. let some younger guys or just some less, not even I say younger, some lesser known people. Yeah. Um, on their stage every once in a you, while. You, you never know. Yeah, you never you know. Never and know. then if that person blows up, then they will. You will, you could always say they played on this stage yeah, first. We took a chance. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and um. But that's like how people get better, though, right? Oh yeah. They're they're given these opportunities to perform, and only after that they're able to just advance their craft mm-hmm. even more. So if you're like, 
and, and I get it if it's like a, you know, like a really super well established uh, venue, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, you know, some like small dive bar and they won't like give you a shot, then like how how are they supposed to get good talent if they don't even listen to if they don't give other musicians chances? Well, I mean, the thing is, a lot of these places aren't necessarily. I think. I think in order to have a music venue, yeah. <laughs> specifically jazz, or, right. um, it can't be so much about making money because yeah. there's not very much money in the jazz world in terms of like a club making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like that's not going to yeah. happen for probably really any club. Like the Village Vanguard, almost, which is probably the most famous jazz club in the world, almost closed down. Maybe a couple times. I think it's on like a historical like city grant now, so okay. they don't have to pay rent or anything. But like I, they weren't making, they're they're still not making a ton of money on that venue. Yeah. Probably a lot more now because it's like a landmark. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, a lot of these clubs that are open, probably specifically the ones in New York, people open these because they just love the music, not because they're trying to make money, which is why they succeed. Succeed at least. Uh, by word of mouth. Like, people want to play at Smalls in New York. People want to play at the Village Vanguard. People want to play at Mesro. Uh, people want to play at Fat Cat. Not because they're going to make hundreds of dollars playing there, but because there's a lot of history mm-hmm. in those rooms. Some of these other places that are not in New York, everyone's trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. Which is not going to happen regardless. So, if you're if you're wanting to open a jazz venue, and I'm not, I don't think of myself as like a a businessman in terms of like definitely I do in terms of like me but in terms of like creating a a place where people go that's not me at all but I would assume that if you're trying to make money opening a jazz club is not for you right. <laughs> like but if you yeah. legitimately have the passion it's for pretty music, niche yeah pretty exactly niche, yeah and the one the funny enough the successful ones that I've been lucky enough to play with as a as a leader um a lot of those people are very successful in some other field, like chefs or just investors, and they just love jazz, so they opened up a club. Those clubs are not making them any money. Yeah. It's just like a hobby. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, that's that's why they're succeeding, and that's why people want to play there, because the clubs are nice, because those people are like probably close to millionaires, and they, they, yeah. they open this little this little uh, place where people, where they, they themselves can listen to the music that they enjoy. Yeah, that's what I really like about um, most, like, jazz musicians and, like, where they play at. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, a very intimate setting where just, you know, people are just there to just hang out and chill and, you know, drink whatever cocktails that they want. But they're also listening to, like, these incredible musicians just kind of shred in, like, this relaxed environment. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas with, like, classical music, like, um, I've, I've been there. Like, they're, it's just, like, so formal. It's, like, uh, there's there's something required not only from, like, the artist, but, mm-hmm. like, even from the audience, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's funny enough, I play in so many jazz clubs at this point that I would, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I would rather. Um, I enjoy playing in, like, bigger concert halls. Yeah. Mainly because they sound better. Like, yeah, of course. The acoustics. acoustics are so nice, for sure. Most of the time, at least. Sometimes when you put drums into a classical concert hall, that might kind of disrupt some things. Yeah. But, like, 
I had some really strong opinions on this at one point. Um, first off, there's a lot more money involved playing in a classical concert hall. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a... I, I think, for me, with playing jazz in a classical concert hall is like almost like a in-your-face type thing. Like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. We won. We made it here. Yeah. Like, jazz is not has not always been looked at as like a classy art form. Yeah. It kind of is now with jazz at Lincoln Center and Wynton Marsalis and it being kind of upheld as like the American art form. Mm -hmm. But until like, that's probably very, to me, that seems seems pretty recent. recent. Yeah, Yeah. Like maybe the last 20 years or so, like Juilliard just got a jazz department in I think the beginning of this uh, millennium. Yeah. Um, well, Oberlin like recently started a jazz voice program. Yeah. See, there's yeah. still there's still these so classical based schools that yeah. are just now adding these programs. Yeah. So, like, I take a lot of joy when I get to play. Yeah. Uh, jazz in halls that were not created for jazz. Yeah. And I think I think classical musicians should try and perform in smaller, uh, more intimate totally. jazz venues. I think that totally. would. It would bring out a different side of the art form because it's definitely playing where playing a show where someone is sitting like five feet from your instrument is a lot different than being like standing on a above ground stage yeah in a a room that you can't even really like you couldn't touch the ceiling if you stood on 10 tables yeah you know what i mean yeah and i i totally agree because i've my favorite concerts and performances to go to like besides the ones where they're like super formal and like everything's like acoustically great whatever right Mm -hmm. the ones that i have the most fun at are the ones that are at bars because like everyone is just like everyone's having a good time you hear like a couple of people like in my case sing like a bunch of opera arias and they're just kind of you know having fun and they're interacting with the audience I don't know. That stuff is like really, it's really cool. And it just makes everything more relaxed and less like, uh, I don't want to say this, but less snooty, oh, yeah. you know, cause, yeah. cause most of the time, like all this music is just, it's for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you're, uh, treating it and putting it on such a pedestal, like it's just, it just makes it way harder to be accessible. Yeah, I mean, most people can't afford to go to those huge uh, concert halls. In the I, first know. Place. I, I know. I I haven't been to. It's a bummer. Uh, what is the one here, Jones Hall? Yeah. Wordham Center, I guess. Uh, hey, you you know you still got that youthful look. You could probably pass with the student ID. I mean, I haven't wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> I know Snoop Dogg was here a while ago. Uh, he was with, at he was at Jones Hall. Yeah, or it was either Snoop Dogg or Common. I think it was. Common. I think it was Common. With, yeah, uh, with the that sounds right. Um, that's a beautiful room. It sounds incredible in there. Um, yeah, but I haven't been since maybe high school. Mm-hmm. When you graduated? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. low key. <laughs> was it that Jones? Yeah, it yeah. was. So, so for our listeners, uh, when and I'm sure they still do it, but when you graduate at HSPVA, they they do the graduation ceremony at Jones Hall. So mm-hmm. it's like this downtown auditorium, this performance venue. Uh, which is kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. really cool. And it creates like a lot of performance opportunities for those kids that are graduating too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a really nice send-off. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, so since we're talking about performances, do you have any performances coming up? In, in general or in Houston? In general. But if you have some in Houston, yeah. maybe some of my listeners are in Houston. I currently have zero listeners, oh, well. but I'm listening right yeah, now. Know. So, <laughs> um, you got any? Got any coming up today? Yeah, I'm playing at the restaurant Culture today, 6.30 to 9.00. Okay. 9.30. And then tomorrow I'm playing at Axelrad with a singer, trumpeteer, uh, named uh, Amaru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be fun. Uh, nice beer garden. And then yeah. on the 20... The 20... Uh, I want to get it right because there's a few that are like really bunched up. Mm-hmm. A couple. On the 25th, um, I'm in New Orleans with a friend of mine named Amina Scott, and I forget, I don't know, she never tells me where we're playing, she just tells me how much it pays and what time. <laughs> so, be on the lookout, that will, that will... So, uh, if you're, if you're traveling to New Orleans, if you're driving, so they must be paying you a pretty penny then, huh? It's, it's more than I would make here. Yeah. <laughs> in that weekend, that's what I will say. Okay. But then the next day, uh, on the 26th, I am playing here at that bar, uh, Natsuo. Okay. Um, that's that would be with my group, uh, my quartet, uh, with drummer, this killing drummer named Gavin, mm-hmm. young bass player named Marwan, and looking for a pianist right now. So oh yeah, we'll see. That's always my struggle in Houston because I don't know too many. Hey, get Paul, get him to come down. You know, I might shoot him a text to see what he's doing. But, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So. That's sad, and then I have nothing in February right now, but then in March, I'm playing at B-Sharps, like we said earlier. Yeah. Oh, March. you got a, you got a good amount of gigs coming up, huh? Yeah. That's good. Then March 5th and at B-Sharps, and then March 6th and the 7th, I'll be in Savannah with... Um, Georgia, I mean, right? Yeah, Savannah, Georgia, at this club called Good Times. Great club. Everybody should go there. Ah, Incredible good food. Savannah is one of the one of the best places on the face of the earth. It's fun. Yeah? Yes. It's like New Orleans. You could carry alcohol anywhere. Oh. Probably, uh, those are probably yeah. the only two places. I didn't know you country. could do that in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. I know, That's right? kind of wild because, I mean, it's Georgia. Yeah, and right? you would never know unless you've been there. That's what's so great about it. Yeah. It's hidden. Oh, okay. And it's cool. off the coast, man. It's beautiful. Um, It's, like, close to the coast. Like, so, uh, like, Hilton Head is on the coast, which is, uh, I think, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then Savannah's like 30 minutes from Hilton Head, so it's right there. Yeah. Um, so the gig tonight at Culture, um, who are you playing with? Um, drummer named Derek James. He's like big bro at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Always have him play. And young bass player named Marwan, yeah. who's... I gotta learn how to pronounce Marwan's last name. I just, <laughs> I just don't say it because I'm not gonna mess it up. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, so I, I play with those guys, those two guys, a lot. So, nice. anytime I play a culture, it's generally those two. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, no rehearsal needed at this yeah. point. You just kind of could just show up and, and make music. Don't have to talk about too much. That's always nice, right? Yes. That's the least amount of stress, especially since you played with them so much. Mm-hmm. You, you're just kind of ready for whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So tonight at Culture, 6.30? 630, 930. 630, yeah. 930, and tomorrow at Axelrad, what time are you coming up with Amari? I think 9. I think it's, a, it's like 75 minutes set. So. Whoa. Yeah, I think it's like 9 to 10, 15. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember the gig you did a couple of weeks ago at Axelrad. So like Twenty that... minutes, and it was in that little, yeah. that little room. But they yeah. like they liked it so much that they reached out to him and wanted to put him on the main stage. So congrats, yeah, congrats to him. That's so good, and yeah. he totally deserves it. Oh, for sure. You've already played on the main stage, so I don't have to say you deserve <laughs> it. You've already done it. I need to get my own gig. Yeah. I gotta uh, figure out who does the booking for Jazz Night. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Hey, I gotta introduce you to my friend Casey Carr. He's in the same uh, bass studio as a uh, what's his name Chad, the dude that played. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, well, Quintet shout out to of Chad. Doom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wessel Camper. Yeah. Shout out to Chad. But... Well, this is this is great. This was a uh, this was an awesome first podcast. I think I have a lot of good material. Well, glad I could help. Yeah, I don't think we have to edit much of this either. Okay. So it was really cool. Um, thank you so much for being on my first podcast, oh, man, man. Thanks for. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and if you wanna, if you wanna give any quick shout outs right now. Uh, shout out to my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, always shout out to my mom and sister. Uh, let's see who else should I, should I shout out. Um, always do a ton of shout outs. I don't gotta shout nobody out this time. <laughs> like, uh, shout out to Obama. Still my guy. <laughs> and yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty cool. I think he's a, I think he's all right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's about it. All right. That's about it this time. Shout out to my dad. I never shout my dad out. I should shout my dad out more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, bro.